I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And took ourselves a little bit of a break there. Somewhat uh, unscheduled, but we're back now. How you been, Seth? Oh, it's been good. How how long has it been? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, just, uh, just trying to live and uh, literally trying to stay alive uh, in the time yeah. of COVID-19 when uh, people are taking it less and less seriously. I actually have a fun uh, story uh, people out there who aren't uh, amputees don't understand our uh, our myriad uh, Hashtag problems. only amputees. Only amputees. Only amputee kids. <laughs> um, I uh, I have a, there's a, basically on your prosthetic, there's, there's a, a foot part and then there's a shell that goes around it that for some reason looks like a real foot and is weird or whatever. That part tears up. Pretty easily, it's made up of a flexible material, and the part inside starts to poke through. The part inside is very slick, and so hardwood floors do not mix with this little slick piece that starts to stick out where your heel is. So about oh, two weeks ago, in the kitchen, I was making myself lunch, and I uh, ate shit. I hit that. Well, you didn't have to make that. Yeah, I know. I cracked my head on the cabinet. Oh, rough, man. And then, not even an hour ago, walking into uh, uh, my room to get something to get a to get a sauce packet from Wendy's, uh, wow. I uh, at least tell me at least tell me what sauce it was. It's a creamy sriracha. Okay, that's probably worth it. And uh, I ate shit yet again. Uh, so now I'm strictly a shoes in the house man. I was about Very to say I shoes. feel like you probably wear shoes or socks or both <laughs> when in the house at this point. Hey man, it's um, me and shoes. Shoes is my homie. Or find some, uh, I don't know, some kind of adhesive you can put on the bottom of the foot that like has grip to it or something. I went to the place today to get a new foot shell, but it turns out that I'm just I was just going there to get seen about getting the foot. Oh, shell. that's that's the the conspiracy right there. It is. Is you pay a doctor to tell you what he could have just done anyway, and then you got to come back so you can do it. And it's like. You don't, why did you have to measure it? It didn't fucking grow. You know what size it is. You built the goddamn yeah, thing. You've, you've known about <laughs> it for so long. So, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like when you uh, go to a dentist and it's like, you have like five cavities. I'm like, hey, just fill them now. They're like, no, 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 no. This is just that we look at your cavities appointment. You have to have seven different appointments to have five cavities filled. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds fair. And then you run yeah. out of insurance and then you can't get them all filled. Story of my life, bro. Story of my life. Yeah. That happened to me right before I left college. I uh, I had like fucking, I mean, I don't even, I had like 10 cavities, to be fair. And they, they would fill like five of them. And they're like, oh yeah, uh, you don't have money 
You don't have insurance anymore. So either you can pay for this out of pocket, which is, you know, like $600,000 or uh, just, you know, not do it. And I'm like, okay, well, and I haven't gone to a dentist since. So my teeth can be all fucked up. Yeah, I didn't go to the dentist for about three years there or so. Yeah. And that was bad. That was probably not advisable. <laughs> uh, but it's expensive as fuck. Like, I actually, I lost, like, when I was a kid, I broke a tooth in half playing on the goddamn jungle gym or some shit yeah. at school. And they replaced it with a fake tooth that eventually broke. You, were you there when it happened? Yeah. I think you were in the room. Yep. I was eating a frozen Snickers bar like a moron. Yep. And I cracked that tooth, and they were like, okay, well, it's time now to give you an implant tooth. That will be the best option, and it'll be $3,000. And I said, where's the door? Yeah, I don't need a tooth, okay? <laughs> Does it cost anything to use the exit yeah. to this motherfucker? Because I have Don't to you really wish that would have happened um, while eating a Slim Jim? Because you're going to say, <laughs> I, sna- I literally snapped into a Slim Jim. I, you know what, so I'm willing to say that uh, Slim Jims were a contributing factor, probably, to this happening. Can you imagine eating a frozen Slim Jim? <laughs> 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 It'd be like eating cement. Eating a, a, a Slim Jim uh, milkshake, imagine that. I'm sure someone out there, some mad, crazy adventure out there has made this. <laughs> I was going to say mad genius. Possibly, it might be good. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Hmm. Oh, man. But yes. Yeah, so, you, Seth? Talking about how people are taking COVID-19 very seriously, and I do this every time we record, you're once again at the epicenter of it, because Georgia has opened all public schools and universities, almost, to in-person classes. Mm-hmm. And it has not gone well. No, it isn't. How is it going down there, like, from a man who's on the floor? I think that there was something like, were, you... U.S.-wide, there was like 100,000 kids that were diagnosed with COVID-19 in uh, July. And Georgia, I think, was something like 29,000 of those kids alone. And it's going up every single fucking day. Every day you see more headlines about this and that class has to be quarantined, this many kids were sick, these schools are having to close down or delay. And Seth, I have seen some of the most bird brain ass strategies for this. There's a school in Savannah, Georgia... Their, their, their strategy for dealing with COVID-19 is we're going to be all distance learning except for one day a week. Okay, so you, you stay apart for all the week and then you come together to spread the virus and then go back home and spread it to your families anyway. Yeah. That's what quarantine means, right? It means sometimes you get to go and get together. That's what, yeah. it, that's what I think it means. It's like, yeah, and things like that, like, I see people doing it all the time. Like, it's just, it's just like, they're like, oh, I can just do it a little bit. I'm like, no, the point is if we don't do it at all, then we can do it all we want in a few months. But if we keep doing it like this, we're, we might never get to see each other ever again. Like, no. you have to follow rules. People don't want to do it. People, and then that's the thing. People in America, we do this all the time. We turn something that is a scientific fact into a political statement. And it's like, oh, if you wear a mask, it's just because you're a political activist. And it's like, no, I just don't want to die. And I don't want you to die either, even though you're a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, you you believe in masks or whatever. And I'm like, I, it's not like believing in fucking God, dude. I know it exists. Yeah. It's real. I can look at it. And I love people who like will argue with a sign. It's like out of a, 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 a like all public places now are like you have to wear a mask, like at Walmart or whatever. And people will not they'll, they'll not wear a mask. They'll get stopped by security and they'll be like, oh, what? It was it like a law or something? And it's like 
first of all, it doesn't matter if it's a law. If Walmart puts a sign out, if any private place puts a sign that says you have to wear a mask, they can do whatever the fuck they want to you. Okay? That's what yeah. that's what that's what the beauty of capitalism is, right? You just tell people what to do, they have to follow it. And like it's and people just will not there's like, oh no, there's gotta be a law. What, what the governor, what did he say? And it's like you if five years ago when there was no pandemic and Walmart said you gotta wear a mask to come in, you'd have to do it then too. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. And people just don't want to follow these rules. They think that wearing a mask makes you some kind of fucking smooth brain loser and you're a just some kind of libtard fucking neoliberal bullshit activist. And it's like, no, I'm just and it, the thing is, it's not even that hard. You just put a mask on, take care of your business. And you take it off. And if you do all that and wash your hands and just try and stay, you know, a, di- a safe distance from people, this could all be over eventually. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's like, and people just don't care. They're just like, oh, the case. Well, like, you know what? At this point, whoever dies, dies, right? And I'm like, that's not the way we should look at it. These are human lives, you know? Well, Seth Smash Mouth said that. Smash Mouth said what? Yeah, Smash House on tour. They were like, "Fuck COVID nineteen. We're we're in this room. We're here together. Let's do it." And what are what are tickets to a Smash Mouth concert going for these days? I'm actually looking right now. Okay. Yeah, I do love um, on, kind of on that topic. I love when these bands who were like big in the '90s they like team up and they'll go on tour. And you look at the tickets, and it's like it's like thirty bucks for a front row seat, and you're like, "Oh God, these guys are not doing very good." Sixty four dollars. Wow, that's about twice what I thought. And it there would are be. people who are paying that. I want. Apparently I want so, to yeah. see what one of these shows. I want to see what the turnout is like. I have to. Yep. Yeah, oh, seventy three dollars is the average ticket price. Actually, minimum is forty six. But yeah, so that's insane. On the topic, hold on, wait a minute, Seth. Weezer, Weezer's actually playing a a concert in Atlanta, Georgia, and their tickets are two hundred and eighty-four dollars. Yeah, I might go to that actually. What are you talking about, (laughs) Seth? Get the fuck out of here! A big Rivers fan. Um, I know. But uh, yeah, so on the the topic of wearing masks and staying at home and turning it into a political argument it's all been kind of brought to a head with the election coming up that i keep remembering and forgetting in spades is that um people are trying to use this as a platform to say that there's going to be a lot of voter fraud if we allow mail-in ballots yeah and it's basically a way to only get people who won't quarantine to go vote which are people who will we all know who they're going to be voting for. and or, or it is a way to force places to make you go vote in person, even if you don't want to. And if you're a person who maybe already has symptoms, if you're a person who's like elderly, if you're anybody, they're going to like, they're, they'll make you go to a physical place to vote. Because in an interview, Donald Trump said that one of his friends got a mail-in ballot for his son who's been dead for seven years. And I'm like, okay, well... That's anecdotal evidence at best, and it might not even be true. <laughs> so it's probably not. Yeah. Well, and even if it was, it's not an actual ballot. It's an application to exactly. receive a ballot. Exactly. I've got one right fucking here on my desk. It is an application for a ballot. It is nothing else. I you might not even get this. one if you're fucking alive and eligible. So yeah, don't don't worry too much about this. 
But yeah, so apparently his postmaster general carried out a Friday night massacre last week and uh, fired like three or four people who were in charge of high-level operations because Trump believes that the mail-in ballots will be fraudulent. Now here's the thing. I'm already betting that Donald Trump will win this election pretty handily. Yeah. Um, he has he has a, a more of a chance to lose now than he did before COVID-19, sure. I think. Uh, before he had zero, now I'd say he probably has 20-30% chance of losing. Yeah. If that. But it doesn't matter because this election is going to be 100% illegitimate no matter what happens. Yeah. This is going to be one of the biggest shams of elections regardless. And he has even said openly that he might not honor the results of it, which people keep asking him, what does that look like? And he does not have an answer yet as to what it looks like. He doesn't like. even know. He doesn't even yeah. know. What do you mean? Like, like what, what I, I, even I want to know, like, what does the Secret Service do in that, in that, like, what, what any people who like have to guard the president, what do they do in that scenario? Like, if Joe Biden well, were to win and be the president... Who, who who do they follow? Who, whose guidelines does anybody follow? Well, normally, Seth, I would say that the, the, the uh, Secret Service was nonpartisan, uh, but Trump has hollowed that organization out and replaced it with so many of his own personal private bodyguards from before he was president. That I don't know. I don't, I don't think Trump could pull off a coup d'état or whatever of the U.S. government because he's not... He's just lazy. He doesn't. He's not devoted enough. Like that's the one thing saying in his way is. I think he just doesn't have the spirit, the work ethic to to coup this country. Yeah. But a more competent person definitely could. And yeah, and that's what I want to know. I, said, I mean, I honestly want to know what that would look like. I mean, I hope we don't have to come to that, but I, I do want to know what it would be like if somebody was just like, no, I'm not leaving. I do want to see Trump try, because he can't actually cancel the elections because that's run by the states. Yeah. But I would love to see him, like, say the elections aren't happening. And let's just fucking go ahead and let's just, let, let's just close the curtain on America. Let's just go ahead and get our civil war in. Let's end this thing and start the next act, because something has to happen. I'm tired. I'm tired of waiting. Yeah. It, it's, it's just... He has... Uh, he has, you know, mush for brains. So does Joe Biden. We we are literally, we have, electoral politics has led us to just two mush-brained, racist, old white guys who aren't that different and are going to duke it out in November. And it's just, I don't know. It What is it doing for us? So if I have some breaking news, by the way, on the Joe Biden front of things. Uh-oh. Uh, air traffic, uh, people who, who watch the skies, I guess, have just reported that a private plane uh, departed uh, South Bend, uh, Indiana, and has landed in Delaware, where Joe Biden lives. Do you smell that, Seth? Do you smell? Do you smell a rat? Do you smell a rat? Mm. I think a rat's on the move. You really think he would do that? Uh, I think it would be a pretty Joe Biden move. Yeah, I mean, come on. After what he did to the for the fucking uh, Iowa caucus, how he. Managed to keep Bernie from winning, you know, like straight up winning. Yeah. That's his reward, dude. What you get? But I don't know. But once again, is it gonna is it gonna excite anybody? I mean, I'll 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 uh, I'll quote Hassan Piker on this. If if Joe Biden really wants to have a chance at winning, he should choose someone like Michelle Obama. Just fucking drive that shit home. Just like yeah. go be like this is two thousand eight again, guys. Just just do that. And don't fucking worry about it. Like, I do not know if 
Pete Butchug or Kamala Harris or I don't even know who else is in, is in the, the conversation anymore. If any of those people is going to excite somebody like a Michelle Obama would. It's, uh, I mean, if you really want to just go for it, uh, I would say just fucking uh, pick, uh, pick Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, why not? Just make this a list. Just, again, let's just close the curtain on America. Let's just yeah. end all, even the little bit of political yeah. juice we had before, and let's just turn it all yeah. into side Choose show, Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. You would immediately win. There'd be, no, there'd be no election. I don't know if he would win, but it would be pretty fucking funny. I, I definitely think he would win. The, the, the beehive is insane. They would make it true. happen. I don't know if they quite outnumber uh, Trump's vicious white supremacist supporters, but uh, it will be a hilarious election no matter what. Yes, because like he just, I mean, he can't do a Trump who, Trump just shows Mike Pants. I call him Mike Pants. Nobody knows who that is at all. Like, But it doesn't matter because Donald Trump was the president. Like, Joe Biden has got to pick someone that is going to be exciting. And if you just pick yeah. Pete, milk toast, white bread, dud of a person, butt chug, then you're going to be in the same place you are now. Right now, apparently, he's looking at uh, Karen Bass from California. Never heard of her. Uh, she's, a, she's a black woman. She's pretty uh, progressive, I would say, all things considered. Well, that's kind of good. She, like, Fox, CNN is pissed because she once praised Fidel Castro. Oh, no. Who, oh, no. How could you? Not Fidel. <laughs> not Fidel. Uh, not America's <laughs> most wanted Fidel Castro. Yeah. <laughs> enemy fucking yeah. no <laughs> Fidel Castro. Uh, who else is in the running here? Tammy Duckworth is in the running. Uh, That's a good she's name. She's a senator. She's the woman who got her, uh, like, one, I think one arm and both legs blown off in Iraq when she was a helicopter pilot. Oh, yeah. And she came back, and she's she's kind of just a, a moderate conservative Democrat. Okay. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer. She's the, uh, the governor of Michigan. I don't know shit about her, except she probably sucks. Uh, Susan Rice. Obama ambas- ambassador person, and then Kamala Harris, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still saying. Go ahead. I'm still saying Condoleezza Rice. Really, you think so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, honestly, th- even though this would be the stupidest thing ever happened, another big brain play would be Mitt Romney. Because that, because the thing that the thing that Joe Biden is honestly str- really striving for. It's to get those people who are in the middle, but a little bit Republican, because he's mm-hmm. got he's got the people who are you know Democrats already and you know established Democrats and all that. But if you can get the moderates who are a little Republican but are anti-Trump, if you can get them, you got it, and that will be what Mitt Romney. All would be. six of them. Yeah, <laughs> they all have bylines in the fucking New York Times. Well, no, there, I mean there is online. There's a growing movement of the Republicans against Trump and. That's kind of what I think Biden kind of wants to go after, is those people. Well, here's a here's a little tip for Joe Biden. All those folks who say that they're Republicans but don't like Trump, when they get in that voting booth and they look at your name and Donald Trump's name, they're going to pull the lever for Donald Trump regardless. Yeah. They will not vote for you. They might say they did. They might say they want to, but they ain't actually going to do it, buddy. They, yeah. they hate you more than anything else. I was just watching TV a little while ago. There was an ad with a lady on there, and she's like a black woman or whatever, and she's holding signs. She's dropping them. She's like, Joe Biden has embraced far-left politics. Joe Biden's going to raise taxes. He's going to eliminate police. What do people, like, what do, honestly, like, moderates in this country think the left is? 
Like, I have no idea. I hear people like that right there. People are like, Joe, like, <laughs> the funniest thing ever is during all the Portland protests, there was a video of them, like, burning down a, a bridge or, like, a, a gate between them and the police. And Tucker Carlson is saying, look at this mob of Joe Biden supporters. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck do you think, who do you think in this crowd likes Joe Biden? What the fuck are you talking about? It's just... It, they they're like oh yeah Joe Biden is a they, they oh, dude they even said it before the election happened that before the primary they were like we can't vote for Bernie Sanders because they'll call him a communist they'll call him a socialist they'll say he's an anarchist and he's in league with far left I'm, I'm and we were all like they will do that no matter who you put up there yeah. and guess what we were right and do you remember back in back in the the, the times when we were just like little kids in two thousand and eight when they were like. Barack Obama is a hardcore socialist. He will change us to a socialist country within his first month of presidency. And mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, back then I didn't know what the fuck it all meant, but I'm just, and now I'm just like, how do you look at that and think he's a socialist? He is a stabbing mean, Democrat. Had, he had some progressive views, but none of them were even yeah. anywhere close to socialism. I mean, his, his biggest second. one was Medicare for all, which... By the way, I, I still don't understand how how that fell so hard. Like it like it's just medic. It's just insurance now. You just have to pay for it. It's like it's yeah. no different than any any other insurance. It's crazy. Yeah. It's I mean, and uh, Joe Biden has no no interest in doing actual uh, Medicare for all. Oh he, God, no. Fully supports the insurance industry. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, like he doesn't care. And so we're just kind of screwed. Yeah. We have two I, terrible options. I did see a great headline today, by the way, from Bloomberg. Okay. It's titled, Okay, Boomer, we're going to socialize you. The pandemic is turning millennials into socialists. We must make them a better offer. Guess what? We were socialists before the pandemic, you dumb idiots. <laughs> and it's like, also, okay, what's the, what's yeah. the deal? Lay it on the table. Please let me know what the offer is, because I'm not seeing it personally. Yeah. And you think millennials are are going hog fucking wild? Generation Z is even crazier than we are. Oh yeah, dude. I'm I'm actually kind of glad that Trump banned TikTok. One because TikTok is stupid, and two because now all these Gen Z kids are gonna hate Trump, and that's pretty good. I don't agree that TikTok is stupid. I've seen some pretty good TikTok. I don't. I mean, neither. I I mean, yeah. There's good stuff, but it's just like. For me, TikTok is strange because I've realized that there's a lot of people on there who are very popular. They have like millions and millions of followers. They get hundreds, thousands, millions of likes on their videos. And a lot of it is weirdly like underage girls who like do dances and stuff. And Mm. some part of me is like, what part of this is we like this content? And the other part of it is like there's a bunch of weird pedos online. And I just, it's really, like, there's this girl who's, like, insanely popular on this platform. And, like, I only saw, I saw a picture of her one time. I don't even, I really don't even remember who she was. But I was like, oh, I guess she's, I don't know, maybe 18, 20 or whatever. The girl is 15 years old. Ooh. And I was like, this ain't good. And there's a fucking, there is a house in L.A. called the, the Hype House that has 30 16-year-olds living together. And they're all TikTokers. No parents, no par- no guidance at all. 
Can you imagine what that house smells like? I don't even want to know. I want to know. I, the first, when I first heard about this, I was like, where are their parents? I want to see every one of them because this this is not this cannot be legal. This this should no. not be legal for whatever reason. I would not come within fifty yards of the house on a, a Chernobyl esque hazmat suit on. I need it, my friend. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm I'm just blown away. And but yeah, hopefully this uh, this band will get some Gen Zers to uh, hop on him. Here's my problem with TikTok. I have, I have one issue. And people were like, oh, it's the replacement for Vine. I'm like, no, it's not. Because Vine had discipline. You had your certain number of yes, seconds. as the bard once said, brevity is the soul of wit. You are not wrong. Fit your content into the seconds you are allotted, and it created brilliance. There's so many classic Vines. Yeah. No, you can put like a whole it- fucking documentary on TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what is this? You could go as long as you want. I mean, I guess, sure, that's fine, but... Make it YouTube. With with Vine, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like when fucking Twitter upped its character limit. I guess that's good, but you had to work. Every time you scroll, you only see three tweets, because they're all so fucking long now. Yeah. Bullshit. They they did certain things, I make it so that character names and hashtags wouldn't count towards character limits. That was good. Yeah. That's all you needed. We didn't need 280 characters, I'm sorry. There's no, no need for it. It killed. It killed so many good the the the, the, the short jokes that were yeah. in that. What it was made for? Twitter was made for jokes. Let's be honest here. It was not meant to be a news source or a, a political platform, which it is now. It was made for jokes. Yeah, but now the people who invented it can spend seventy-two hours in sensory deprivation tanks and fucking not care about politics anymore, but still be very political at the same time. Also, so I just wanted to point out real quick, Seth, I'm reading this article about from Bloomberg, and it talks about some ideas about uh, uh, about how to fix the, right. the millennials going left. Give it to me, Bloomberg. One of them is, consider the generous but unsustainable public pensions going to boomers in most developed countries which are paid for largely by millennials and Xers. So... This was their sneaky way of getting rid of pensions, which are something that instead of we, we should we should be we should be given those. Yeah. As well. And they're not unsustainable. You've made them unsustainable. It's like somebody said that it was a politician or whoever it was. They were like, oh, 91 percent of the country approves the post office, but it posts nine billion dollars in losses every year. I'm like, the post office is not for profit. Yeah, it shouldn't it's have to generate service. revenue. We pay for it with our taxes yeah. because we want it. <laughs> uh, another idea they have here is uh, it just says there's a mountain of student loan debt. There's no solution to that problem, though. Nothing is offered yeah. here for that. It's like the, the people who write this go to the library and they're like, why aren't they selling these bitches? You can, you can make hot money off all these books you got here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's really the only thing it has. It's like, oh, we should get rid of pensions. That doesn't help us! Oh yeah, this is the new thing that, like, news sites... I mean, uh, news sites on both sides do this, and it's so annoying. What they do is, they posit a headline that is going to change the fucking world. And then the article is not even that long and says nothing. It, It says literally just a bunch of facts that everyone knows, and then it ends. And that's journalism now. And there's even an idea. They, These guys are Yang Gang. They're like... We need to uh, study the idea of UBI. 
not to expand, but to replace the welfare state, which was the problem with Yang's UBI, yeah. is that it was not a thousand dollars a month on top of other things you were getting. It was replacing all the stuff you were getting and then adding on whatever equal to a thousand dollars. So really, they just want to cut stuff like Medicare yeah. and replace it with a thousand dollars a month. It's their dream. And so this article is garbage, and it makes there's no they were like we didn't offer them a fairer, a liberal deal. Sorry, liberals, you don't have a deal. It's just yeah. like you don't have anything. Well, I mean, honestly, what are liberals now? Like, what do they? The fuck do they care about now? I just, I just don't know. I feel like the 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 middle, whatever it's called, is just so boring, and there, there's almost no passion at all. No, no one really wants anything. Really, all all they want is Trump gone. They don't care about anything else. They just want Trump gone. They don't care that Joe Biden go, will enact almost all the same shit Trump does. They just don't want Trump in charge. They want to go back to normal. They go back to sleep. Exactly. Seth. They want to pretend that everything is fine until they die. They want a comforting, strong daddy who will tell them it's okay. Just like conservatives want a strong daddy as well. It's the same thing. It's all they want. And really, the only two sides of this country that are pushing things forward are the far left and the far right. (laughs) I hate to say it, but only the communists and anarchists and the Nazis are attempting to actually move things forward and have a solution. That's true. And we have to destroy the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they gotta go. No no compromise with them. It is weird how there's like a weird all of a sudden contingency to like defend Hitler. It's Mm. like if you say like there's that there's a a tweet by, I can't remember the name. It's like a kind of popular guy on Twitter where someone was like, so all someone said was "fuck Hitler," and then he was like, "Yikes!" And I was like, "What? What do you mean, yikes to fuck Hitler?" I think it was that guy who self banned from Twitter called the quartering. Yeah, his whole yeah, his whole like nerd Nazi empire shit. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's like. Dude, what do you what do you mean? Yikes! Like that's the one. That's like the one thing we actually learned in school is that Hitler was bad. Like, yeah, we don't learn anything useful except that. Yeah, we get that one lesson basically from history. And then, it's like, hey guys, all of a sudden we act like we didn't learn any of that, and the, we were taught. I mean, now of course I will admit, education system in America does teach us some some falsities and some you know some some things that aren't entirely true, but. The fuck Hitler thing's pretty on point. We got we got that one right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because, like, they don't teach you about Operation Paperclip or how we gave the guys from Unit 731 in Japan political asylum here for the chemical and, and horrific experiments with human beings. It's like, we don't tell you any of that. No, no, no. But, you know, fuck Nazis, obviously. But what happened, essentially, is that they just took root here again. Uh, they've been living here ever since. They've been part of our government ever since, in small ways. And, and they, now we're starting to see their rise. Not necessarily in the in, in the deep state political type thing, but like young people, especially I think, are young white men. I guess the people who are most vulnerable to this are seeing their world fall apart, and their response to that is, well, let's look for alternatives and. There are guys out there who are who will quite clearly on YouTube, most likely, and Twitter or whatever, say, like, the fault lies with minorities, and they're the reason why your life sucks. And they they go Nazi. And so my question there is, is like, are, are, we need to get people who are on the left who can offer an alternative explanation for this that they're not getting anywhere else, right? Because you turn on, you know, YouTube or whatever, 
And you're just getting assholes who are talking about, like, you know, ethnic cleansing and shit. And the destruction of, like, the welfare state. And it's like, that's why these guys are going that way. Yeah. And it's so weird. It's just like, and it's the same thing with a bunch of Trump supporters and these guys who are going to the far right. Is like, so many of them, like, they'll be like, yeah, let's get rid of the welfare state. Fucking pe- people shouldn't be able to sit on their ass. Like, capitalism's great. But all of them are, like, working shit jobs in fucking warehouses and getting treated like shit by some CEO somewhere. And it's like, I mean, is it really that? Like, what is so great about that? Like, what what makes capitalism, what makes, you know, welfare all all bad, you know? It's, it's honestly, I think that uh, the easiest explanation to a lot of people is it's uh, people who don't, who don't look like you. People who don't share your values, who don't act like you or think like you. They're the problem. It's not, and I mean, there's like two, there's like two levels to this, in my opinion. There's the just regular ass racist guys who are like, oh yeah, blacks, Mexicans, they're the problem or whatever. And then you get this, the second level where they've gotten slightly smarter about it, but instead of being like, oh, the capitalists are the problem, and they're the ones that are causing this, it, it are, are just like the rich people. It's like specifically Jews. Yeah, you're like, no, stop. That's not. The, yeah. the capitalism Anti-Semitism is on a rise right now. Yeah, it's exactly. Really weird. It's. I mean, what's? It, I mean, if you look at the history of anti-Semitism, it's not weird that it's back on the rise. It's always been around, and it always resurges in times like this. But you would hope that we were that today. We'd be a little bit smarter than in the past. You know, wouldn't fall for this trick quite so easily. But no, but, it's you know, very. There's fucking professional athletes who are just. All of a sudden, they're like, "Oh yeah, Jews are ruining the place." And I'm like, "Whoa, you can't just say that." There's one, like, there's ones that are just quoting Hitler on Instagram, and misquoting. It's not actually a Hitler quote, but openly putting something on their Instagram that they thought was attributed to Hitler about how Hitler wasn't actually a racist person or whatever. Which is maybe he's maybe the most historic racist of all time. So it's just weird people would think this. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. It's uh. It's definitely a fucking weird, dude. And I mean, yeah, it's like it's. I guess those the second level racist guys who've leveled up in their uh, in their racism are like, oh yes, the Rothschilds and the fucking Bilderberg group and the Jews and whatnot. And I'm like, no, nah, dude. Like capitalism does not know a race or a gender or a creed or whatever or even a nation. Yeah. It's it's it can be anybody could be at the top. It doesn't matter exactly. their identity, you know. It's it's like it doesn't it, it, if the if the situation was reversed it could be anybody up there exactly. you know if there was money and you know being like like being transgender or being homosexual then that would be what you'd be mad at like you know at least they mm-hmm. are mad at that for different reasons but they would just say oh th- yep they're just like the Jews now it's like you're not you don't think it's like anything can be at the top it's just well, a lot how of history played out what's that whole thing about corporations are going woke now? You know, they're, they're, they're embracing LGBT people, you know, trans yeah. people especially are the next frontier of this. Commercial work. Kind of fold them in. And it's like, that's, I guess that's good on a certain level. Yes, we should be more accepting of, of our LGBT comrades. But, at the same time, this is not really true acceptance. It's commercialization and it's cheapening it, you know? It's like, they just see you as a way to make money. And as soon as you had money, your ass is, you, you can now be welcomed in. That's what it is. Yep. Yep. It's like I saw this saying. It, it, it's it's like it's like white gay guys are the straight white men of gay, of LGBT people or whatever. <laughs> it's like they got money, they got a little bit of political power now, and so they've gone Republican. Like it's yeah. just how it is. 
And it's distressingly uh, uh, true from what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's really weird. And it just fuels more of the people who are like, oh, whenever you get older, you're going to become conservative. And it's like, no, it just seems like when people, you know, fall into the system, they become conservative because they realize that it's going to continue yeah. to pay them out. Yep, yep. And one thing I, I really like is, going back to COVID-19 for a second, is America has been defeated by this virus. Uh, there's no other way to put it. We've lost our war against the disease. But other countries have managed to, to get by just fine. Yep. Including China, who has uh, survived this pretty well. And, uh, in fact, it, it, despite being the epicenter of it, the, the first place... Oh, yeah, the Chinese began, virus, yeah. Yeah, the Chinese virus, they managed to overcome it pretty easily because they were able to enforce strict, you know, lockdown measures and in- incredibly stringent, you know, testing requirements. They they isolated it and they locked it down and they beat it. And so why can't America do the same thing? If we're supposed to be the most powerful, richest country in the world, why can't we beat a disease that China has already beaten? That Vietnam has beaten, that yeah. Cuba has beaten, and not to mention that, that China has three times our population. Like, right? It's uh, it's it's ridiculous. And like I saw today, they were talking about the schools reopening in Georgia. This is going to be a big experiment. An experiment with Ex- human lives at stake. What the fuck do you mean experiment? We've already got the answer. It's like you're, it's like you're still looking for a fucking the polio vaccine. And that fucking guy's already made it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's uh, Jonas Salk. That's his name. We should never forget Jonas Salk. Who gave away for free. Yep. It's like, what, what are we talking about here? And the whole thing is, is that America could never do what China did because we do not have a strong central government, you know, ever. We've never had a strong central government in history. Americans are not predisposed towards uh, uh, a central state. The Federalists, you know, whole system and everything. But it's like, when I think about the future, right, and and, and what we're going to be doing eventually uh, once we defeat, you know, uh, uh, capitalism is how is the world going to look? And I, I, I keep saying this, and no one likes to hear it, but I have to keep saying it, is authoritarianism is a dirty word in my opinion, because every state that exists is authoritarian because somebody's going to have authority. Yeah. It depends on whether or not that authority was taken from a minority or a majority as a matter. It's going to have some kind of authority. We can't all have our decentralized, you know, communes where we just all get, get, get along somehow. We have to have a central state that is going to manage our affairs. And this COVID-19 stuff is just a dry run, baby, for fucking climate change. So, what we need to recognize right now is that you got to have a central authority. I'm sorry. People don't want, people don't like me to say this, but uh, Eco Stalin is who we should be looking for right now. Eco Somebody Stalin. who can take care of business. Yeah. Yeah, we need something. We need, we need a, a backbone and we need a voice. And it has to appeal to people. I don't think it has, should have to appeal to certain people. <laughs> But you know, um, yeah, it, it's something that we that we need. We need we need something that is driving us, and we don't we don't need you know to have all this uh, what do you call it a disjointed um, turmoil we're going through for no reason. Let's just let's just say this as well. People don't like hearing this either, but certain people are going to be lined up and shot in the back of the head 
I'm sorry, but there are far right extremists out there who will have to, who will not die in any kind of fighting. Will have to be executed afterwards. I'm not talk. Listen, I am not talking about LGBT people here. Go ahead and fuck off with that bullshit. Is that what people thought you were that, implying? Yeah, people always think, oh, if you're authoritarian or whatever, or, or you, you want to kill gay people. Fuck no. I oh. want to kill people who want to kill gay people. I want to put them in prisons, and I want to dispose of them eventually if they can't be re-educated. Yeah. This is how it is. Do you think they're just going to go away? They're not going to lie down and let you do what you want. They're going to turn into... We're going to see America turn into fucking post-war Iraq with a bath party running around, you know, blowing up suicide bombs in the fucking federal building. Yeah. And sorry... Someone has to deal with those people. Yeah. It's going to have to be done. I mean, this a, lot of, a lot of people who are, like, in the center and everything, they they look at the far right and they're like, they're like, they'll never get as bad as, like, Nazi Germany or, you know, they'll never be, they'll never be like that. And I'm like, like, they aren't far off. Like, once again, like I said, they get mad at you if you talk bad about Hitler. They, some of them have, like, wear swastikas. Like, and they have a lot of the same ideals, and they like they don't like the same people Hitler didn't like, and yeah, they're not far from it. Like you can you can sit around and think that they're not like that all you want, but they are, and they maybe in public they're not going to act like that around you or whatever, probably because you're white and they they don't care, but they're out there and they're they're bad people, and yeah, yeah, and I agree they're not going to just lay down their arms and want to join some kind of you know commune or some you know socialist utopia if you will they're gonna have to be re-educated one way or another and one of those ways is the, the way you detailed and yeah I'd, I'm, I'm scared that's gonna be the way that a lot of it's gonna have to happen well this whole thing has happened now with, with the protests and george floyd we are starting to see more and more how much our police are far-right extremists there was a guy who yeah. was a dallas police officer who he had on his arm they saw in a picture a tattoo of the literal fucking ss symbol and when he was confronted about this in question he said no that actually stands for marine scout sniper because i was a marine and they I were like that's the logo. s <laughs> yes there are, there are a million billion ways to write those two letters next to each other <laughs> choose a different one you could have put two of the fucking, the cool S we all used to draw in exactly. middle school in our notebooks. And it would have been better than choosing the literal SS symbol. What if he was like, it's just, it's like supposed to be ACDC, I didn't get it finished yet. This is supposed to be like a, light, a cool <laughs> lightning bolt in the middle, sorry. Oh man, and the, the two lightning bolts, also an S, that's what it is, it's two lightning bolts, yeah. two SS. And you're just like, I, I mean, and, and even Germany is just now put out a report saying they have discovered a, a, an extremist far-right neo-Nazi network has infiltrated their police and is, it has ascended to the heights of power amongst them. Even Germany is saying this, who, def, who had to denazify themselves after World War II. They had to come back there. Like, honestly, if you're, if you're a person in America who wants who honestly and truly wants to help people, and who wants to be a force of good and wants to be able to de-escalate violence and not have to use um, firearms or anything to get your point across and then get people to listen to you and to maintain order in any way, shape, or form, are you going to become a police officer? No! Because they're against all the shit I just said. You're going to yeah. become a social worker or something. And you're going to get paid dick for, you know, actually helping people. And it's going to yeah. be a shit fucking life. And you could have been a fucking Nazi, skid-headed fucking police officer who tattoos swastikas onto your fucking nipples, and that that could have been your life. But no, who the fuck? What good person wants that? 
That's actually a Batman character. Really? From I think I think the Frank Miller Dark Knight. Of course, uh, returns, of course, it's Frank Miller. There's like some lady who walks around topless all the time, and she has two swastikas tattooed over her boobs. Um, and so, but I, I mean, she's supposed to be like a literal Nazi character that you're supposed to not like, obviously. Oh, oh, whoa, these days, though, these whoa, 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 that she'd be in the middle. She'd be almost yeah. a neutral, maybe a positive, you know, force <laughs> on, on the comic. It's fucking crazy, man. It's like, and people think, oh yeah, the far, it'll, the far out never get in power. They'll never like, fucking Stephen Miller is over there whispering into fucking Donald Trump's ear every goddamn day. Yeah. And, and, and Stephen Miller has enough brains to like, slip in popular stuff. Like you saw that, that Trump did those executive orders where he's gonna like, cancel student loan interest for longer you know like he doesn't actually say he can't actually do the stuff he's talking about but he's putting forth the idea of oh canceling evictions we're gonna you know stop you know payroll taxes coming out of your paychecks yeah. give you more money more stimulus the payroll tax it's thing like, is complete bullshit though yeah it is. he has absolutely no power to promise anything he, he said in that but he he it sounds good yeah right it sounds good it gets you on the news and but thing is, and what the Democrats won't learn from this is that hey, people like it when you give them stuff and when you do good things for them. Yeah. Even if you're a bad person, I just it's I think, dude, the far right is a serious fucking threat that we have to worry about. Yeah. On the on the topic, try not talk to talk about him too much. On the to- topic of Donald Trump, I gotta say, mm. the man is doing stuff that you're like literally for generations have not been allowed to do in politics and he's just getting away with it because he's crazy. Mm. I watched that Axios interview everyone's talking about and he does he does so much crazy shit in that 30 minutes. Like, at one point they're like, oh, what do you think about Ghislaine Maxwell? And he's like, oh yeah, you said you, you wish her well, right? He's like, yeah, I wish anybody well. I wish any, whatever I like or not, I wish anybody well. And then he's like, and, I think, and then Trump is like, yeah, think about it. Her boyfriend, he just got killed or committed suicide in prison. I'm like, you said it! You you just said it. <laughs> you can't you can't say that. Everyone for everyone has been saying you can't say that all this time. Mm-hmm. And then later in the interview, I think it might have been earlier. Who cares? They're talking about COVID nineteen and how South Korea has like a way better proportion of like population cases than we do. And then um, he was like, "You don't know that." And then he's like, "You think South Korea is lying?" And then he was like, "Well, we have a really good relationship with them, so I can't really say anything." I'm like. So you basically you're saying they're lying, and you're saying you literally just don't want to break up political ties. I'm just he just says it, and people just move on. It's like oh, next thing, because he's just gonna keep saying shit like this, and it's like yeah. he's breaking all the rules of oh, you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't make them mad, you can't make them mad, you can't make them mad, and he just fucking puts it out there. Although I I do fucking know for a fact that if the country brought up was like Israel or not South Korea, he wouldn't say shit. But, yeah, of course. Um. Yeah, well, it's know, just it's crazy. Like, he just gets to do it. It's, it started on day one of his presidency when he accepted a call of congratulations from the president of Taiwan. Yeah. And everyone was like, ah, you can't talk to Taiwan. They're not real. They don't exist, you fool. Yeah, and he just stopped. <laughs> he was like, oh, what's up? It's crazy. Yeah, he was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I think that didn't Mike Pence, like, last week or something, go to China and made a flub where he was like, I want to thank President Xi for in- inviting me to Taiwan. And everyone was like, oh, fuck! Oh, my God. You can't say the name Taiwan, sir. It's not It's not real. It's in your, it's a figment of your imagination. Um, 
I was gonna say by the way, Seth, getting uh, uh I want to get real deep here into Uh-oh. into the real shit that matters for a moment. And I've been rewatching the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Okay, yes, this is where my expertise comes in. And I think, Seth, that these movies are a roadmap for the geopolitical situation. They are the Rosetta Stone for understanding the modern era of politics. I agree. Because they all came out before Trump. But most, I think, I think last night it came out after Trump, right? I believe so, yeah. 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that came out after Trump. But all the other ones came out before him. But they perfectly predict everything leading up to his election. It's just, it's insane to me. Okay. Tell me about it. It's like, Michael Bay is, in my opinion, the greatest living American film director. Yeah, he is, the, he because, is one of the only American auteurs, for sure. Because he depicts the America in the real. Whereas I would say that people say Spielberg is the greatest living American writer. I say Spielberg depicts America in the ideal. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg is very much uh, an optimist and an idealist. And Michael Michael Bay, whether you want to agree with it or not, is much more of a realist than a pessimist. I would not say some of these are realistic. No, they no, are no. hyper real. Yeah, but they they have a realist point of view. Like yeah, very, like especially something like like Bad Boys Two. You can like make fun of that movie all you want, but that movie has a very very realistic view of of like politics. Oh yeah, it it it, it lays bare how how crass. And disgusting our sick culture is. Yeah. Like, Transformers, in my opinion, 1, 2, and 3, just the sheer amount of product placement in those movies, it's already, art has been, it's actually, it's like art has been stripped down so far for this movie, we've actually found more art underneath, where we're exposing the reality of American yeah. life, when the AllSpark turns an Xbox 360 into a fucking ro- Transformer. Yeah. I'm like, okay, here and we are. We've arrived. They're also transformer ploitation, in my opinion. Because <laughs> think about this: the Transformers have a fucking awesome, badass story on their home planet. It's so mm-hmm. it's cool. I love the stuff in the animated movie and the new animated series, which I hear is very good, and I want to watch. But then, what, yeah. what are all the movies about? We just pull them fucking down to earth and make them deal with our fucking. Pro- I mean, their problems are too. But it's like, it's like, who gives a shit? Show me Cybertron. Show me all that shit. Yeah. And the one movie that does it is the best Transformers movie, which is Bumblebee, where the first two minutes are set during, like, the final fucking battle, and it is beautiful. It is one of the best moments in any Transformers movie, and a lot of action movies, and it's amazing. And I'm like, that's what I need. But no, we, whatever, whatever, whatever America wants, we just pull it down to us. Show, Show us what it looks like here, okay? We don't need to know what goes on over there. I've come to a conclusion about the Transformers themselves, and in the context of the films, the Transformers, Michael Bay is a brilliant genius, because the Transformers are the Kurds. That's who they are. Because in the first three movies, they're our allies. We're working with them. We got got, got the the red-hot American military is in here, helping humans, Transformers, side-by-side, defending America, the ideals of freedom, defeating these evil fucking Decepticons. And in the fourth movie, what are they? They're goddamn political exiles. They are on the run. The CIA is hunting them down and murdering them in secret. Frazier is out there fucking putting nukes on them. Frazier is the CIA guy in this movie. 
And and Stanley Tucci, who is wasted in this film, is like it's like he's like Steve Apple or whatever the fuck his name was. The guy who Sith when he does the whole transformium nonsense and it becomes the Beats by Dre little speaker thing again. Perfect, amazing. I mean, when they, when they it said all display, transformium, I I <laughs> almost died. Like I was like, this is some Avatar bullshit. People make fun of the idea of unobtainium and transformium, but he, after he says it, he says, market, tested, focus group, approved. Of course it would be. It's a snappy-ass name. Of course they would name it some dumb shit like transformium. I guess so. Because people would love to say it. They'd be like, hey, that stupid name, transformium. Don't you just love it? It's, it's a meme. It'll be a meme, so if you know it'll be. It'll be a meme in ten minutes. It'll be on TikTok in fucking ten minutes. Exactly. Um... But yeah, that but the, that fourth Transformers movie is a test of human will to sit through. <laughs> I watched it the other night. It is. It's three hours long, and by yeah. the end of it, like I remember watching it in theater. By the end of it, I was like, I honestly don't know what's going on, and it's not because I like didn't pay attention. It's because I just don't care. Like at one point, Marky Mark is like on this structure, and I'm like, where is this structure? Why is this structure? How is this structure? But at the end, I was like, I don't want to know the answer to any of these questions. He has a gun that looks like a sword. Otto's Prime is a knight. And they I don't know. make such a big deal about these, these two characters who <laughs> are following the Romeo and Juliet law because one of them is underage. You know what I forgot, Seth? The guy is Irish. What guy? The guy in their relationship. He's Irish. He's Irish? He's Irish. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, he's straight up Irish. They never make any attempt to explain it. Yeah, I guess the explanation is he's from Ireland. But he just, but how is he in Texas? What's he doing here? Complaint, I guess. I mean, I, really, I have to imagine <laughs> that's what happened. It's I don't. And and the best part of the movie is T.J. Miller, who by the way gets killed about thirty minutes into this flick. Yeah. Now I know today we understand T.J. Miller is a bad person, but he's yeah, the only entertaining part of the movie, movie in the beginning. For the, the amount of time that he could. Do you know why he got killed, by the way? Why? Because Michael Bay didn't think he was funny. Oh yeah, Michael Bay has the history with comedians, so I guess he's like, you know, he's like really picky about them. It, so, it, it's just like, also, the Transformers movies get more violent and disgusting as time goes on. Yeah. In the first movie, it's just like, some robots are punching, some guys are getting blown up. Oh, Jazz gets torn in half, but it's pretty ceremonial or whatever. But in the second one, fucking Optimus Prime rips a robot's face in half and says, give me your face as he does it. Yeah, that... <laughs> there are some. I remember there are some crazy scenes about Optimus Prime later on where he's just like talking through a whole fight and he's just saying like crazy shit. And the other thing is, you, I mean, you kind of mentioned it with the whole CIA thing in the fourth movie, but they also get more and more pro-military. I mean, there's a scene in the third movie where the 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 on-foot troops led by what is it, Josh Dumal, are like yeah. taking down Transformers by themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, this is some fantastical bullshit <laughs> and it's just like yeah the military you know michael bay had the full approval of the military he got every single fucking uh approval he could get they they, they rolled out everything for him for these movies and in exchange they are just plastered with all the coolest military toys all the new technologies are getting shown up here and the military is cool we got a rail gun they kill a fucking robot with it they save the planet 
It's just, it's just, it's it's the same thing as when in Bad Boys Two, towards the like the last third of the movie, they invade Cuba with a secret extra legal military force yeah. to get back this lady because they can because they're American, they swinging dicks whoever they want. And it's it's interesting because we're talking about Michael Bay and like his I don't know, like his id whatever you want to call it like he has he has a, this very very specific point of view, and I don't think. Um, that this is his best movie. I think the Transformers movies are good, and I think Bad Boys 2 is his best movie. But I think when you're talking about a Michael Bay movie, and a movie that really puts all of his all of his point of view right on the table, it's Pain and Gain. Yeah. Because that movie is... I mean, it is almost way too good. Like, it should not be as good as it actually is. And it puts everything... Like, he brings his, like, his the, his color saturation and all this stuff, all this hyper-realistic stuff he does to a head. And it's all with... It's, like, all with 100%, albeit slightly realistic elements. Because it's based on a true story. He doesn't do any of the big bad boys, too. You know, we have a tank in Cuba. He doesn't do any big robots. It's three fucking beefy idiots who are engaging in the capitalist dream and are fucking crossing names off as they do it. And it's amazing. Yeah. There's a moment it's very in the movie. It's, it's funny. There's a moment in the movie where they pause the movie to let you know that it's a true story. Yeah. It's like a, uh, what do we call it? I mean, the big short, almost kind of moment where someone explains to you this is what actually happened yeah. in, in real life. But, uh, no, Pain and Gain, in my opinion, is is Michael Bay's attempt to be his favorite filmmakers, and that would be the Coen brothers. Yes. Because he constantly uses their actors. He, he loves so, Coens. Why is Frances McDormand in the third Transformers movie? Did she get lost? Does she need money? Blink twice if he's holding you hostage, Frances. The bigger question What's going is, on? why isn't Frances McDormand in every movie? <laughs> But it's yeah. just I mean yeah he gets wild. all these like you know like you even mentioned like Stanley Tucci earlier like why is Stanley Tucci that movie he could be doing so much better stuff he's John the best Malkovich is in the third John one. Malkovich I mean, you got what's he you doing got Bernie Mac in the first one you've got yeah. so many like Ken Jong so many great like actors like people who have like done Shakespeare on stage like yeah and it, they're in these movies. We haven't even talked about so the probably his craziest get of all, Anthony Goddamn Hopkins. A- Anthony Hopkins. I haven't seen the, the the more recent one, but yes, Anthony Hopkins is like the pseudo star of the most recent one. He's walking around Seth. He's calling people dude yeah. and fat ass. Can you imagine Anthony Hopkins calling people dude? So, but, however, Anthony Hopkins being in the Michael Bay movie makes more sense than anyone else to me, and I'll tell you why. I read or I saw an interview with Anthony Hopkins one time, and they were like. Like, you've been in like really great performances, like in Silence of the Lambs, and you know, in all of your movies, you've done you've done really high concept stuff. But sometimes you take really weird roles in like blockbuster movies, and it's like, what makes you do that? And he's like, well, what happens is, whenever I get a script that comes to me from my assistant and I read it, I will go through the script, and if it's something that I think is going to challenge me, I normally take it. But sometimes I read a script and I just write NRA on it, and then I I toss it away and I think about it. And they're like, what does NRA mean? Or no, sorry. N-A-R. He's like, all right, N-A-R on it. I throw it aside. I might do it. And they're like, what does N-A-R mean? He says, no acting required. And he's <laughs> like, if my if my bills are a little heavy, I take some of those out of the pile sometimes. So wow. he said he even said that about the first Thor movie, which apparently like later he kind of enjoyed he enjoyed doing it. But it, but at first he was like, Yeah, I just no acting required, I'll do it. 
like it's easy for me man so the same the same thing that uh fuck seth he played he played adrian veidt on the new watchman show just fucking jeremy irons oh, jeremy irons yeah the same thing he said about Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. I just bought a castle. I needed to pay the bills. No acting required. But, but uh, I will say this: uh, for anyone who's seen that Dungeons and Dragons movie, uh, Jeremy Irons is the best part of that film because he he is acting. He is he is acting. Yeah. He is like playing to the back. He is uh, in uh, what is it? Kenneth Branagh's uh, phrase: "He is bathing in the river river of Ham." Exactly, and he yes. he loves it, and it's great. I guess when you get a movie like that, you're like, why not? Might as well just try. Yeah, fuck it. I'm with the guy who played the. He's the replacement Jimmy Olsen from fucking Lois and Clark. He's the main character. I'll do what the fuck I want. Oh yeah, I've, I've forgotten a lot about that movie. And snails played by was it Damon Wayans or Marlon Wayans played snails? I think so. It's just absolutely insane. I just remember that movie feeling like it was all shot in one location. I just remember, I remember <laughs> feeling that way. I was just like, did they ever leave anywhere? I feel like the entire movie shot on one set, and they just walked literally from from one yeah. scene to the next, and yeah. the cuts were just moving the camera exactly. to the next it was, set. All, it was actually a one-take movie. They all just went in there and then left <laughs> within like a couple days. They had this huge carousel, and as they rotated out one set, they were building the next one <laughs> as quickly as they could. Like a fucking Scooby-Doo haunted Sometimes mansion they didn't finish them. wall. No, they did not. Absolutely. Uh, there's actually been fucking three of those Dungeons & Dragons movies, so can you believe that? I knew there was two. I did not know there was a third. And I, my question is, it's 2011. Why are you still putting Dungeons & Dragons 3 on here? Why would you even connect yourself back to those movies? Just do something different. Yeah. At this point, I don't think that anything that, like, wants to be fantasy or anything outside of outside of stuff that is 100% licensed Dungeons & Dragons and is going to follow some kind of Dungeons & Dragons storyline should even be called it. Just name it something else. Just call make it a fantasy thing. Like, calling something Dungeons & Dragons makes a certain kind of people on the internet very angry before they've even seen it or played it. They just get very angry out of nowhere. So... Yeah. Just don't do it. But here's here's my idea for everyone out All there. Right. If, you, if you like if you like movies and whatnot, we need to do a dialectical analysis of America through two movies. The thesis is Saving Private Ryan. Of course. The antithesis the antithesis 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 is Bad Boys Two. So watch them in that order, and just hold these two thoughts in your mind. And one primary thing I want to give you an example to go ahead and go with. Is that in Saving Private Ryan, a, there is not a whisper of a hint of a secret of a rumor of a black person in this movie. And not anywhere near this film. Yeah, no. Despite being a big part of the World War II world effort, war effort, they're not in this movie at all. Also, I'm not sure a woman speaks in that film. Is that That's not true. This has to be. The mom speaks, I guess, right? Mm. And, and I guess the parents speak yes. at some point. I and don't then, think it passes watch- the Bechdel test, though. Does not. Absolutely does not. But then go watch Bad Boys 2, which has two black leads, a primarily minority cast of this movie, and realize they are both equally as racist. And just, like, hold those two thoughts in your yeah, brain. Still doesn't pass the back either. Absolutely not, yes. Seth. It might be one. Gabriel Union. Yeah. Aside from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, it might be the one that fails the hardest. <laughs> I'm really thinking right now, Seth. I think, I think, okay, there are a few women who do speak in Saving Private Ryan, but they're like 
not even characters. They might as well be background. But also, for all the viewers out there, no matter what we've said about Bad Boys 2 in this podcast, it is still, in my opinion, a perfect movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I literally, I watched it a couple months ago, and I was like, I, I really wish that I could say this is, like, bad for some reason. This movie is great. It's, it is a 10 out of 10, almost every scene I love. Yeah. It is the ugliest, most beautiful movie ever. Yeah. It exposes the ugliness of American culture, but you just can't look away. Yeah. And like, there's so many stupid, like, early 2000s stereotypes in it. But it just it just works for me. I don't know why. Maybe maybe if I had first watched it in 2020, maybe I, I don't know how I'd feel. But I just, I think it's a fucking great movie. Oh, the homophobia. You could cut it with a knife in that movie. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the, I mean, no matter what, the scene where they interrogate Randy is just, I mean, you, you could put that, that's better than any sketch comedy I've ever watched. The, the scene where they fucking are, are watching that videotape yeah. at the fucking store is, I mean, it's a perfect comedy scene. Yeah. Go for it. I, I love it. I can't, I can't get enough of it. The part where, because a lot of it's just Martin Lawrence improvising bullshit because yeah. he's funny as shit. And he's like, we're going to put those foods in a, in a box and throw them in the ocean so that even Jacques Cousteau can't find <laughs> yeah. it. It's looking hilarious. Yeah, I'll watch that. So, have you watched Bad Boys for Life yet? I have not. I oh need to. Oh my god, what is going on, man? It's the highest gross movie of 2020. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, because of uh, no other reason I can think of besides it being great. Yeah, Black Widow really didn't, didn't do it, did it? Yeah. It didn't hit quite. Man, imagine it. Seth, do you do you think I think that if I think that if Tenet doesn't come out in theaters, they put it on streaming first, uh, that's the end of movie theaters. Yeah. And it's gonna suck because I love fucking theater. I love but, it too. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna it, it, I don't know. It'll be rough. I mean, and there's and you know, beyond that, there's been some good movies that were strictly digitally released. Like not even because they were like gonna be in theaters. They were just I mean, for me, my favorite movie of the year, Palm Springs, was just a, a movie that was bought by Hulu or released on Hulu and just is great. And movies like that are coming out more and more often. Wasn't Invisible Man in theaters for It a was in bit? theaters for a little bit. That, my favorite movie 2020. Yeah, currently. that is, I thought, right when I said Palm Springs, I thought about that statement. And I think, I mean, they're obviously two very different movies. I think Invisible Man might be better overall, but Palm Springs is just has a very special place in my heart for me. But yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Seth, 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 Seth. Are you telling me? Are you trying to tell me we can't compare a ladybird and into the Spider-Verse? <laughs> are you telling me you, 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 you can't decide which of those two is better amongst each other? Yeah, we, we, we've had you? private conversations about this, but yeah, the, the, some of the, uh, the tier lists and rankings and brackets have gotten to a point where I'm just like, I don't know, like... Maybe if you put a gun to my head, I'd be like, sure, I like End of the Spider-Verse more. But I don't know if that means that it's better than Lady Bird, because they're just different. I'm sorry. Are you saying that you can't compare Phantom Thread to Get Out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess. I guess I'm a fucking idiot, because I can't compare two completely different things. <laughs> It's absolutely insane. By the way, real quick, before we go, we need to talk real fast about All right, let's talk Mulan. Fast 30 bucks and Disney Plus subscription to watch fucking Mulan, which has no songs and no Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Go, so No songs. Um, there's entirely new plot elements that, just that are, are added in lieu of the songs, I believe. Um, and none of the... I mean, the action looks well made, I guess, but it is nothing about the movie is like, oh, yeah, I gotta watch that. Except that one actor who's in it, whose name I can never remember. But he's probably not it for very long. He plays her dad. I can't remember his name. He's a very famous actor. Um, 
and yeah, I'm just like it. it Thirty bucks too much. The the twenty buck thing was working for a little bit. I still think they gotta adjust that price a little bit, but thirty bucks is kind of a lot. I'm looking up his name right now because you're right. I do recognize. His yeah, he's in face. like everything. He's a very very prolific actor. Oh my god. Oh wow, this cast though. You got Donnie Yen and Jet Li in this movie? Holy shit. I didn't know Donnie Yen was in this. I knew Jet Li was there. I didn't know Donnie Yen was there. Unfortunately, I do not know the name of her dad in the movie, so I'm sorry, everybody. Um, hold on, I'm looking right here. Oh, it says uh, actor ooh, Z-Ma, maybe? Maybe. T-Z-I-M-A? Oh, I can't pronounce that, but yeah, he's in all kinds of Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. He's a very famous actor, so, but yeah. Sounds like bullshit to me. Uh, it's a pro Hong Kong or anti Hong Kong movie, so you know, fuck them. I was gonna say also <clears throat> for those of you out there who uh, don't know much about late '90s animated films, uh, one that's on Netflix now is called. I'm sure we've seen it, Seth. Quest for Camelot. Hell yeah! Uh, real quick rundown of some of the stuff of the cast. Uh, 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 Jaleel White is in this movie. Hell yeah! Uh, he plays a chicken who's also an axe. Yeah. At one point, says the word, says says the phrase, "Do you feel clucky?" Did I do that? <laughs> Gary Oldman is the bad guy. Pierce Brosnan is King Arthur, and Don Rickles and Eric Idle play a two-headed dragon. Damn, that's this a cast murderer's row. <laughs> Absolutely fucking wild. So that's all I wanted to say. Yep. Check out Quest for Camelot if you're bored. Great movie. All right. Well, Seth, is this an episode? That's been a fat ep, I think. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with Marcus. Getting back on here. Yep. <clears throat> but for now, uh, I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, I think I changed my name back to Kanazeras now. K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. Same name on Letterboxd. Um, yeah. What was your last review there, Seth? I watched this movie on Netflix recently called Desperados. Not the uh, Robert Rodriguez movie, I assume. No, no, no. A newer movie, uh, and it's uh, pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, oh, okay. I watched it, and I was like, uh, not impressed uh, well, at all. Our art was done by Marcus Barkley. He was not here. You can find him on Twitter or Instagram at Mr. Beaches. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been on the show before, especially our movie review episodes recently on our Last of Us 2 super mega spoiler review episode um you can find him you can find his own podcast called southern smackdown um where they're both from the south and talk about wrestling if that sounds interesting go check it out uh you can lead a horse water but you can't man get under it um fuck the anti-maskers and also a quick fuck you to uh joe rogan (laughs) uh we have stopped trying to solve our problems we're trying to outlive them And from New Orleans to New York. That's the end of this podcast, baby. We're out. Out.